It's late. It's late. <laughs> this following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Outland. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata, and I am your gracious host. Alongside me, Justin Waddell. Justin, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I always do. You do. I care. Um, it's, a, it's a charming, charming time to be alive. You care. You're already zooming in. <laughs> that's, a sweet, that's a sweet zoom. Oh, speaking of zooming, um, this is a movie, Microscope. And this is a show in which we uh, we view a film through the prism of uh, knowledge, and we discard everything extraneous and only focus on those little flecks of gold, the little moments that make or break. Mm-hmm. So if we were watching Heart Like a Wheel, we wouldn't be talking about the scene where Bonnie Bedelia creates a dragon out of soil. And has rough sex with it. We'd be talking about the little moments. Like we are with Outland. Sean Connery's pretty much only sci-fi movie. His only... I mean, Highlander Highlander's sort of sci-fi. Would you, you didn't call this movie seminal. Uh, would, it, you, would you? It's yeah. super seminal. Yeah. 1981's Outland. Yeah. Directed by? Peter Hyams. We've, who we've spoken about quite a bit on this show. Should I run through the cast real quick? Can I guess a few? Yes. Peter Boyle. Definitely in it. James B. Sicking. We've talked about him before, and he yes. is in this. The woman is either Frances Sternhagen. Got it. First try. Okay. And then there's... is. Were you right about John Ratzenberger having a role in this? He's in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then also Clark Peters from, from The uh, Wire. Yes. Yes, in his youth. In his youth, yes. Very little other names of recognition, I, I would guess. I don't think so. I think, oh, no, one of your, you, you mentioned him during it, Stephen Burkoff. Oh, Burkoff's in it. Yeah, yeah, the funny thing is, he's barely in it. He has a he has a big presence in it. This movie has the notoriety of, of featuring minute head pimple version of, of Stephen Burkoff. Right. So that head pimple must have exacerbated over the years, right. because in Beverly Hills Cop, it's it practically gets a supporting actor nomination. <laughs> Let me zoom in. He's an artist. Burkoff was. Rest in peace. 
I think he's still alive, Nick. And available to talk about this show, maybe, if we call him. Do you have his, is he on Twitter? Uh, I don't know. At Headpimple66. <laughs> I he, think he died. He's alive. Fuck. Unless it's not reported. Um, He's not the kind of guy who maybe would get, and nobody would really notice if he lived or died. Unless weird. it was salacious or he, he said, no, shrouded in mystique like Stephen or like the Daniel Van Bargen's sad death. He said, it's weird. He's, you said he was an artist, right? And he says here he is a he specializes in uh, uh, panda penises. Panda penises. Yeah, he he does uh, close up uh, water colors of of panda genitalia. Nice. You did. You didn't tell me. He said he was an artist. You need to. I, I, should, I, I didn't say he was the best artist. In. Yeah. Um, no, he's. But if he's an artist, I I can't see that uh, come up on his. Um, Am I creating fake trivia for? I don't. You probably aren't. God damn it! Was he a potter? There's no way he's not an artist. He looks like an artist. I mean, he's an artist. He's an actor, and actors are artists. Zoom in. God right? damn it. Is he? Am I wrong again? You're never really wrong about this. Do I you, thought he was like a like a weird artist. But do you own any of his art? No. Steve, would you put in Stephen Burkoff art? No. I'm going to do that. But on Wikipedia it says he is a character actor, actor, author, playwright, practitioner, practitioner, and theater director. So maybe... He, uh, there was an avant-garde element to him. Um, yeah, well, he said they say he has an exaggerated style of theater as both yeah popular and controversial, defying the norms of naturalistic theater. So that must be what it was. Cause, and this goes back to Beverly Hills Cop. It's a long way away of saying that he's just a bad actor. I was a, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Beverly Hills Cop, and I remember in my youth, before the internet, angrily hunting for information, more information about these people. And I remember, I guess at the time, Stephen Burkhoff was an an eccentric theater guy. Jonathan Banks, also a a standout in that movie. Zoom in. Of uh, Beverly Hills Cop? Yep. Yeah. Cuz. So anyway. Outland. So Outland is a strange film. I've never seen it. Nick had seen it, of course. I had never seen it. So this, this is kind of um, an influential sort of uh, sci-fi movie from the early 80s that I've missed. And by influential, you mean forgotten. It's forgotten, but I think people do like it. But it, I think people like it because it feels like, and intentionally so, it feels like an alien film. It feels like it could be set in the alien universe and is there's no alien in it. There's zero aliens But in it this. looks like it could be set in the same world. The production design is very amazing. They it's did a amazing great job. amazing and it's very uh, <laughs> it's a rip off. What? Of Alien. Fuck that. It's gotta be. Let's not let's not give Alien all the credit. Give it some. I mean Alien is one of the most influential movies of all time. Sci-fi movies of all time at least. Zoom in. I don't agree. I don't think anybody has seen Alien. What? I don't think it exists. I don't think shit. I, I mean, when when was the last time we saw that movie referenced? When was the last time somebody did like a 
a sequel or, or an homage to that. You're right. They haven't done it for a long time. <laughs> Let's not talk about as it. I as I'm halfway through the Alien uh, Audible original. People, they said a lot of people say it's good. You don't like it. So far, it's poop. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the premise of this film. High noon in space. That's that's a, that's it. Yep, done. I think that's how it's pitched. Yeah, I think it was originally a western, and then Peter Himes Himes or somebody had a bright idea. Let's set it in the alien universe. Uh, let's set it on a um, a ship orbiting one of Jupiter's moons, like a yeah, yeah. Io. Mm-hmm. I seen that. I've seen that um, name Io, and that was the original title for this film, Io. Yeah. Um, and they thought that nobody would know how to pronounce it. They were and, right. and, and it turned out right. to be an inside joke. What do you mean? Um, because the film's financiers <laughs> did not recoup the investment. Uh, not uh, to, okay, by the way. Of, I owe you an apology. Uh-huh. You okay. fell asleep during this movie and I was mad. Briefly. I got mad at you. Okay. And I said, don't fall asleep during this fucking action-packed climax. <laughs> I fell asleep barely. I said, Nick, they're showing sets. They're showing pieces of the set. How could you fall asleep during this part? Yeah. That was the big direction in this film. The director had one thing he said to Connery. Connery, show off the set. <laughs> <laughs> I show, love off the, show off the set in this scene, Sean. Sean, I love, show off the I set. I love Connery in this movie. He does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're in complete agreement apparently. I think he's great in this movie. He does he has his energy level in this movie is very low. He looks like he is um needs some uh, caffeine. See, I computed that with range for him. Cuz he's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well fair enough. Yeah. I mean, he was always kind of a laid-back actor. Um I'm thinking of his best roles though. Let's hear them. Let's name them. Let's say it on the count of three. Untouchables. No. Three, two, one. Alan Quartermain. <laughs> Family business. <laughs> Did he play Alan Quartermain in the in that movie? Oh, in uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Playing by heart. Killed it. <laughs> as, he, as he grew, as he grew, as he aged, and he's a very handsome man, he had very distinctive eyebrows. Did you notice? I'm too busy looking at everything else on him. Yeah, his eyebrows were. Not his only Peter Hyams film. The Presidio. He did do The Presidio after. Yeah, this is after this. Presidio, one of the worst movies I saw in my youth. Could not disagree more. You love it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. Uh, It's not good. And the star, other than Connery, is uh, Mark Harmon, who I'm surprised exists in the film after he gets to be in scenes with... uh, Did you like the theme song? Phil Collins did for it. And Meg Ryan. She was she she wasn't involved in the song. She played uh, somehow played Mark Harmon's love interest when Sean Connery's in the film. Well, he, he plays her father. Like I said, <laughs> say, man, does she? Does he? Yeah, yeah. You seen it more than more than once? Oh yeah, that'd I, be a fun movie to do. I have. I remember. I had. That's a, a forgotten. Film. I taped it. A video. I had a videotape of it. Um, 
and obviously I wrote the Presidio on the front of the videotape. I still own that videotape. Do you? Yeah. We should take a picture. I'll, we should do that movie. That would require me cleaning, like going through a bunch of shit. I'll help you. Yeah. Um, that's a shitty name, and it's it's. Well, it's, does, no, does Connery I, ever say Presidio in it? Does he ever say? Presidio? It's not a shitty name because it's a beloved place. It's a shitty. I've name. actually been there. It's a shitty name for a film. I actually, I, I love Collins' song. Does he ever say Presidio? Uh, he might. How's he? You you can do it better. Than and me. then and Meg Ryan's like, "You want me to give you some ham? Some Italian ham? What? <laughs> can I zoom in? Yeah." I cooked uh, burgers. I grilled out. I grilled burgers for uh, some fa- friends, family friends, um, this weekend, and I th- I got some prosciutto uh-huh. to put on the burgers, uh-huh. and I forgot. And I'm not sure that was a good topping anyway. It is. It's good for hamburgers. Actually, it's good if you uh, if you cut it up and mix it into the chopped meat. Mm. Give it some nuance. That's not a bad idea. I didn't do that. And, in fact, it's just still sitting in my refrigerator. Well, you just want it for yourself, to be honest. I forgot until you mentioned the Presidio. <laughs> I <can't> joke about <laughs> it. <laughs> Zoom out. Um, I'm, I knew we would be talking about the Presidio more than Outland. Um, That's You know why we're doing that? Because Outland, it barely is a movie. It's a set. Like the, it's it's a scenery. That's what this movie is. It's scenery. I don't I don't dislike it. It's just beautiful sets and scenery. There's not much story there. It really there really isn't. Glad I used my hand so much during that. The uh, talking about that. The I think right. once again. I think uh, I love it. <laughs> wait, wait. Do you really? I really do. It's I, not a movie. There's, okay, and there's I told no you this, way you can watch it over and over again. So there's something that you like about it. I it, will leave this room right now to what we'll go. You, you fell asleep when we were together watching it. Was it was a billion o'clock. Yeah. And I'd had. And, I, I and, had just gotten off a long ass road trip. It was a billion o'clock. Plus, I will give you this. In your favor, uh-huh. Outland was on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's why, and I, I told you this when we were watching it. 1981. Zoom in, I'm nine. <laughs> 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 so was I. Yeah. This movie felt like an adult drama. I felt like I was, I was watching a grown-ups movie. Right. Not realizing I'm literally watching Sean Connery play an interactive mystery. You know, like we're basically, it's King's Quest with Sean Connery. He's walking into a room. He's highlighting objects, putting them in his inventory. (laughs) Going to the next room. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what he's doing. But I like like it. And, and, And to be honest, okay, first of all, um, I, I didn't see it when I didn't see it when it was I saw it on VHS or whatever when it first hit right. home video. So it's probably eighty two, eighty three. Mm-hmm. That's back when you, they made you wait for fantastic movies. I don't know if hitting home video is the right term. <laughs> <laughs> Stumbled onto home video quietly. Um, but it had a, it had the right combination of elements. Okay, think about this. You're a kid. You're right. Alien was influential. It's sci-fi, so you think of Star Wars and all that shit, the black hole, all those things that happened. Mm-hmm. You've got Sean Connery, who everybody loves, and he was obviously was James Bond for you know for when you're a young guy. I mean, you knew him as the the best original James Bond. Sure. Uh, he had done um, 
Man Who Would Be King, which was a masterpiece, and he had done, you know, Robin and Marion. He had done a lot of great things. And then you have Peter Boyle from Young Frankenstein in a role you've never seen him in, playing Rob Reiner in this movie. And, I mean, it's just, it's like a perfect cocktail. And you're right. The sum of its parts is not much. But somehow it just is right. I feel like it's it's necessary connective tissue between hard sci-fi and mainstream stuff. It's a it's a mashup that didn't know it was a mashup. I think it's it's inoffensive. It's fine. It's uh, certainly watchable because it's um, it's so pretty. It looked great. Like that's the thing is it looked really for a 1981 movie. It looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but. It's just it just doesn't make any sense that it's set in space. No, that's what I love about it. <laughs> of course. But like they could have done something. I mean it's I guess that what the, the big thing is it's set in a it's set in an environment where um it's easy it's easy to have accidents, pressure pressure accidents. Yeah. Can I zoom in? Yeah. yeah. Phil Joano when he was pitching his movie said three o'clock high, it's outland in a school. <laughs> You're hired. Um Three O'Clock High is a film that I... I we, we both love. Yeah, I like it. And I, I feel like it really influenced Edgar Wright, and I don't think he ever talks about it. Like, Well, it was influenced by stuff, too. But, yeah. Um, who was the star of that film? Casey Shamasco. And yeah. Richard Tyson. Richard Tyson, yeah. That's who I'm looking for. Um, I, I have one of... Uh, I, I'm t- you know, we, t- we took notes last week when we watched this. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Something, dude. Yeah. Uh, I have and three I, notes. I'm look. I, I have a bunch of notes, and I don't remember the context. I said I wrote that they they say coupler coupler early on, and that's a movie I learned from Aliens. I remember when they were talking about couplers. Remember they mm-hmm. and uh, but um um so it got coupler in at least before the sequel to Alien. Um, he at the beginning of the okay. So Connery, like we didn't say the premise of the movie. Want, want you want to go over that real quick? What the premise is? Sure. Okay. Did you say it? we didn't talk about? We it did yet. say it was high noon in space. Yeah, but so Mr. Connery, right? I'm going to burn through all three of my notes. Okay. Real quick. Sean Connery works for a business called Con Con Am, mm-hmm. and they are on. They he is a security personnel mm-hmm. overseeing an installation that is a blue collar mining installation. That is installing lations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a murder, a death happens. Early on, like the first scene, a death happens. Yeah. Like and I, my first note is, does the man survive? And so I think that's John Ratzenberger that's having. And a, his head expands and leaves. And so what happens is they're 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 doing some work in um, in space, and every and it's like blue collar stuff. They're doing something. And uh, there's a, there's very few G's out there, from what I understand. Uh-huh. And uh, and this character starts to go crazy in his spacesuit and like clawing at himself. He thinks something's in his suit, detaches something in his suit, and that fucks him. And his head blows up. But yeah. there's no recovering from that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and that so that then then that introduces the idea that there's something amiss. Uh, there's some corruption dog well there's something to miss like there's some problem people are having some drugs uh, drug problems or something psychotic episodes and so then connery's there and he starts to explore why there's why there's so many accidents 
they're having so many accidents in this place. What and, it's, and how it, he explores is really cool. He goes into meetings, <laughs> and he goes into buildings and 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 gathers stuff. So most of the people there, like, there's a bunch of security there. There's a, obviously a bunch of workers. There's a, it's a place where there's a prostitution is very um, prevalent. There's a uh, but there's a disgraced doctor that he befriends. She's kind of the only ally he has in this film, played by Frances Sternhagen, right? Star of the Mist. And um, she's very sarcastic. And th- I think she's she's fun in this movie, but every line she has is like dripping with a sarcasm. snappy insult, yeah. Everything. Everything she says, and it's it becomes pretty funny because she, she gets the lion's share of the dialogue. I, Connery doesn't have much to say in this film. He's very silent in this film. Um and so other people are speaking around him. He'll say stuff like his wife, at the beginning, his wife and child are aboard on the ship with him. And he'll like leave and he'll say, you smell good. Like that's one of his big things. You smell good. And then um, he'll leave. By the way. Um, they leave early. There's a, there's a, let me zoom in. There's a little James Bond thing in here. Mm-hmm. The woman he talks to on the, uh, on the old screen. His Miss, wife? Miss Specter. From Bond? He talks to somebody named Miss Spectre. Oh, does he? Mm-hmm. Well, his wife and child, she takes his child and they leave. Right. She can't take this hopping around from one space station to the next and right. she leaves him. And uh, Connery is, it seems, appears a little sad, but he kind of shrugs. And it didn't seem like the most powerful love. He said that he was like, well, there's there is prostitution here. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny. Peter Hyams almost walked off this film. Yeah? Because the pitch, he, he, he actually heard it wrong. Mm-hmm. So he goes, he gets on set. He goes, he makes it all the way through the negotiations for his salary, casting, all that. Gets on set. He's like, Where's, where is he? And they're like, what? He says, I thought we were doing Tom Noonan in space. And they're like, no, 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 Peter Hyams. It's High Noonan. <laughs> God damn it. Um, uh, there is space racquetball in this. I was very pleased to see that. We have just we're, we are enriched with a massive amount of racquetball. So the movies that we've been doing, and Nick says he we had an or- original conversation about racquetball that he said he excised from, from which podcast? Who knows? But we something for early on. Okay, one of our first. Uh, but I've been noticing a pattern. A pattern. I Sliver. I, I mean Jade. Maybe. Well, what films would have featured racquetball other than Cape Fear and Outland? Oh, we did a lot of 80s movies. That's why. <laughs> okay. You have a point. Um, I can't remember. Okay. So, anyway, racquetball. We, oh, we did the racquetball diaries. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that was amazing to see that that, that we always always laugh about that because that how I, to me that's you don't see that in movies anymore. And then, of course, an outlet. <laughs> They're playing racquetball in space on, on the ship. Why not? And Connery in those cute shorts. Um, Connery 50 when he did this, by the way. Only so? Looking good. Looking. He looks very attractive. Yeah. It retired from movies how long ago? A while ago. Yeah. Was, last, was this last movie League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I believe it was. Poor Connery. What's he doing? Well, he has issues, health issues. How? He's watching tennis, I think. That's what he's doing mostly. The only time I've ever seen him pictured, other than now, he looks really bad. He's he's he needs help walking, all that. But um, you used to see photos of him, uh, you know, at Wimbledon and shit like that, watching the watching the tennis match. 
Um, he's still living in England, or is he over like he, in uh, Plano, uh, Texas, or I, something? I think he lives in Scotland, if anywhere. Or Scotland, yeah. From Edinburgh, right? Zoom in. <laughs> um, there's a. I have a. There's so then uh, in this Peter Boyle plays the the magnificent Peter Boyle from Young Frankenstein and Everybody Loves Raymond, um, his two most notable credits besides yeah. Outland. Uh, also in Taxi Driver, I believe. Uh, he looks just like Rob Reiner in Spinal Tap in this movie. He plays a. Uh, he plays basically like a foreman the foreman, or what is he? he? Play, yeah, he, he's kind of in charge of things there, but he plays. It, it soon it comes out that he plays a link between the drug supplier or the company, whoever the drug supplier, and then and and then the people that he you know the people that give the drugs. <laughs> oh, out. but he gets what's coming to him. Not really. He doesn't die in this. <laughs> he gets a little punch. Does he get punched? He gets punched. Oh wait, does he? He gets punched onto. But he a doesn't table. die. No, his his drug runners die though, and his hitmen. Yeah, and his hitmen. Everybody. So anyway, what happens at the end is that Connery starts investigating. Uh, <laughs> uh, they they call in. It's kind of cool. They call in. Uh, these hitmen to come it takes them connery knows they're coming and it takes them a while to get there because they're in space and so he's trying to prepare for them coming high noon uh, high noon and he asks everybody high noon to help him they don't they they said you need to help us you know we're not helping you except one person which is the disgraced Francis, the one who's useless yeah well she sort of helps she does she, help actually she, she helps but she's no she actually kills one of them she helps kill one of them I, but that's not who you want to be your number one asset is francis sternhagen she definitely sasses it up. Yeah. It's like, I guess I'll help you kill this guy. You know, she's always, yeah. yeah. So I can't read, you have a dark in here. I'm trying to read my awesome notes. There's a light right next to you. Candle? There's a light. Pull that cord right next what to you. Is this midsummer? Now you got more light than fucking Jesus. Oh, I, I wrote a note. Maybe this will ring a bell. Floating prisoner. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they have a cell where they keep a dude in. In a in a in a in a lack of G's where uh-huh. he's hanging out, he has a good time. So yeah, they're gonna they're trying to. Yeah, he's one of the drug guys, like the drug pushers, and then Connery wants to interrogate him. How did that go for? It the, goes well. Yeah, I'm gonna leave him overnight. Does but he? He doesn't. His blood. He's not fit for questioning after. Mm-hmm. And then Mr. Stephen Burkoff is also another guy who is afflicted with the drugs. Who ha- Connery has to. Encounter he does, but that then our our one of our heroes James B. Sicking, who is who works with Connery, ends up shooting him. And and how does his fall go? James B. Sicking later murdered. And what is uh, what is in his mouth? It looks like a racquetball. Yeah, is it? Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was his tongue, his purple it's tongue. Racquetball in his mouth. Put a racquetball in there. Our, our one of our themes of our show, one of our consistency. Our touchstones is racquetball. Yeah. We need to do Wall Street at some point. Don't spoil it as a racquetball. I've never seen Wall Street. Are you fucking me? I saw Wall Street too, though. Are you are you fucking me? I haven't seen it. I bet you Wall Street is in my top five most watched films in my lifetime. Really? Yep. I've never seen it. I've seen a little bit of it. Who's in that? Can I zoom in a little bit? Uh huh. Connery, now, yeah. Racket bald. <laughs> he get bald. He looks good bald though. Um, I've used all my notes. <laughs> my notes are: Did the man survive at the beginning? Connery talking to Mrs. Specter. Con Am. 
That's it. It's a wrap of my notes. But I okay. Let me let me pull this out. Let's pull out a little bit. I I have a do I do have a note in this. Okay. That I think is important. Connery in a spacesuit. <laughs> is it the only time? I think you're right. Has he did he ever don the suit again? Connery in a spacesuit. That is a Zardoz. Sp- it but that's a sci-fi movie. It is, but was he in a? No, 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 no. Uh, yes, at the end of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture what that day was like. Where like uh, Mr. Connery, here are your moon boots. <laughs> <laughs> they have lifts in them. Is, was Connery a small man? He's tall. Is he a tall? Yeah, he's tall. Can I zoom in? Yeah. He's tall. Um, Connery is one of my favorite people to ever walk the planet. Explain that. I I just... You love him in movies. I I love him so much. I just love it. Seeing him Mm -hmm. is just warms me. The guy is just... uh, And and I'm sure he's a jerk. He's 88 years old. Mm -hmm. 6'2". Um, I just uh, he his his career is such a yeah. It's I used to have um, I used to have one of those. Uh, I used to when video stores would go out of business, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I would buy their rotating racks, yeah, like those where they the spinning racks with all the movies. So I would have the merchandise, and I had an entire rack of Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah, and it was, and the thing is, I'm looking you know looking at his filmography. It's not that I mean he's got a sneaky, he's got a sneaky filmography of things that you just kind of forget, where you take for granted a lot of his stuff. Um, seriously, I mean, I'm just gonna. This is this is what we do. Rising Sun. No. The Rock. Robin Hood. Uh, don't count. Red October was a masterpiece. He's in the worst Indiana Jones that's not with Shia LaBeouf. It's a pretty good movie. But Untouchables, Name of the Rose, Highlander, the James Bond shit, obviously. He is off the fucking charts in Highlander. He's incredible in that movie. And he's amazing in Time Bandits. He's a Spaniard. He plays a Spaniard in Highlander. A Bridge Too Far, one of my favorite movies growing up. The Wind and the Lion. I mean, the guy just fucking nailed it. He nailed it for so long. And even... He even threw in some interesting stuff in the middle of his of his uh, James uh, Bond run. Let's hear it. Well, I mean, well, he did the longest day before he did James Bond, mm-hmm. but Marnie, The Hill, great war movie. Mm-hmm. Um, where's the, where's the Molly Maguire's? I mean, he's in some fucking great mm-hmm. Murder on the Orient Express, the original, Wind and the Lion. I mean, he is fucking he killed it. Right. And then what was the movie that the the silly one? What was the silly one he did that was kind of a I mean he doesn't he had something that was sort of like a Clint Eastwood's paint your wagon. He had a movie like that. Where it's like, eh, can't believe okay, it. Okay, name the worst thing that he's ever done. Like where name the worst one the the You we're, name We're gonna disagree. Okay. Oh, he was in Highlander too, but is that your answer? Yes. 
Mine's Jason Connery. <laughs> Let's play a, a movie microscope game. Does Jason Connery warrant his own Wikipedia page? <laughs> God damn it, he does. And it's dense. Is, this, is the first sentence son of Sean Connery? Because that's and that should be the last sentence. Jo- Jason Joseph Connery, born 11 January 1963, reached his crescendo as he flew out of his father's cock. <laughs> was never able to replicate that success. <laughs> Career. Did we mention the part where he came out of Sean Connery's dick? <laughs> did Connery produce him like Zeus? Like you're like, <laughs> did Jason Connery come out of like Sean Connery's scalp? <laughs> Is it because I can't imagine that Connery ever produced a child? Well, they did normally. a they did a what is it twenty three and Me, <laughs> and it just said Stardust. <laughs> um, he was married to Mia Sarah for a while, man. Legend. I mean, she was in Legend. He's he's not a legend. <laughs> uh, can, I, can I zoom in real quick? Yeah. Mama Mia. She's a mom. <laughs> Mia Sarah, man. Back in the day, Ferris Bueller. She was Mia Sarah was uh, very 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 cute. They just knighted Jason Connery. <laughs> well, they made him watch Split. <laughs> I wonder if Connery ever did he, did he spend time did he love his child I have to know I have to know Jason Connery it's funny because Sean Connery had Jason Connery and then Jason Connery wonder he had a child too wonder what his child's name is You know how, like, sometimes, like, when an older couple, um, you know, like, they have kids and, like, there's 20 years apart and they call them a whoops baby? <laughs> yes. That's how he started. Is that well? <laughs> Fuck, I wonder if... How many, how many kids does Sean Connery have? One. You're kidding. Nailed it the first time. <laughs> no, I mean, he, he says, I, I began to practice birth control... Upon receiving Jason. <laughs> Did he only have one child? Hmm. Poor Jason. And then he went he went into acting. I mean that's the thing. If you're if your parents are that famous, like if they're if they're that much of a star, don't go into acting. Well, I mean that's you, my advice. here's a here's a testament to Sean Connery's charisma. Mm-hmm. It took uh Mia Sarah over a decade to realize she wasn't married to him. Jason Connery. What? Let's look at his filmography. We're going to zoom in on Outland. You know what my first experience with Jason Connery was? It has to be a Wishmaster series. It was a CD-ROM. He was in, on a CD-ROM, like a interactive uh, CD-ROM game. What was this? <laughs> does, does it fucking matter? <laughs> I just fucking threw him the biggest shade possible <laughs> by telling the truth. 
you know, he called up Sean. I was like, Dad, have you seen my, <laughs> seen my, have you seen my game yet? <laughs> have you popped in the CD ROM? <laughs> CD ROM. Poor Jay's. Fucking. He's been in. I mean, he's been in 74 things, like according to IMDb, because Sean Connery is his dad. <laughs> that's how. That's how great Sean Connery is. Still acting, I think. <clears throat> oh, he is. He is in. Um, 2018's Railroad to Hell. A Chinaman's Chance. <laughs> so, um, you know, just making his his daddy proud. Uh, yeah. So, um, James B. Sicking. Dad, is, did you did you see my did you see my latest uh, movie? I get my balls fed to me in this one. <laughs> My character dies because I choke on my own testicles. Just like similar to how your experiences throughout your career. Connery's like, you hear about the suicide bomber. Shrapnel was in 73 things. So it's not a big accomplishment to be in a lot of things, Mr. Connery. <laughs> anyway. Um... That's that's some almost every one of these people must have just wanted to meet somebody that was connected to Sean Connery. He was the Wishmaster for a while. I think he was in a Wishmaster. He wasn't the Wishmaster. I think he was the Wish. I think he was the Jin. The Jin. How do you say it? The Jin. I think he was. I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he wasn't the Jin. How bad must a film be? I think he was. If Devoff said no. <laughs> if you're getting his sloppy seconds, what he, the fuck? He's in Wishmaster 3. Um, the evil Jin is back. The evil Jin. How do you say it? The Jin is back at it again. The, the, this, the D is silent, just like Connery's Jin. Okay. Son. Jin. The evil Jin is back, this time wreaking havoc on the students of Illinois. You want to hear something Baxter fucking hilarious? University. I typed in Wishmaster, and here's what came up. Wishmaster, Wishmaster 2, Wishmaster 4. <laughs> <laughs> so least, it skipped Connery. <laughs> was that the only one he was in? Beyond the Gates of Hell. Um, uh, Jason Connery as the human form of the Jinn isn't convincing. Andrew Devoff, who played the first Jinn character, was great. Such evilness to him. That was from a, a two-star user review on IMDb. Uh, Andrew Devoff was set to reprise his role as the Jinn and the Wishmaster. I'll never be able to say it. Three. But was busy... Being Sean Connery's new son, uh, he didn't like the script, and there's something. Yeah, he, that's why he wouldn't do it. 
People have got standards, Do you remember how bro. clever the original Wishmaster was? It's not. It's so With, bad. Yeah, it's, the, it, the, the little turns that he get the mm, little oh so he fun. tricks the people yeah. he make first of all he makes them wish they, he'll sit there and he'll like just hey wish for something he'll like trick them into wishing make for something. your wish yeah and they're like why he's like just w- just wish like he has to get them to actually wish then he turns and the, the guy goes like I want to be rich he goes oh you want rich mahogany in your sternum be like you know he'll just yeah. do some stupid yeah, ass yeah, shit he'll do that yeah it's kind of like Freddy's power sort of like. Freddie would do stupid shit like that. Like, his powers turn into, like, puns. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Back to Outland. <laughs> Sorry, you can uh, get add some of that out, I guess. <clears throat> um, I do have notes to this, but I, I really feel like... I know that they, they, they were impressed. They they loved Alien so much. They thought they they thought that the if they had made a movie that was akin to Alien, they'd have some success. Like, it kind of looked like it, the look and feel. They'd have some of the success of Alien. how that work? I think it worked fine. Did it make money? I think it did. And I I love that era where you could just fucking half ass it. I mean, I know that there's a there's a, a, a there's a other side to that where, you know, a lot of people lose their money and uh a lot of people's time is wasted. Right. But I love the idea that an outline can be made that is such a it's I mean, the the concept is high noon in space. Mm-hmm. And that's where they stopped. Right. They, they, and then they designed the dick out of it, and that was enough, and that's enough for me, right? Because it's not a, it's not, it's, it's a nice blue collar. So the impor- working man's movie. The important part of this movie is it did get him, it did get Himes, two thousand ten, the sequel to two thousand one, which I like. Zoom in. I do like that movie. I don't. I haven't seen it for a long time. And I don't know if it's good. It is still good. You think so? Yep. Because I, I end up that's that's an impossible. It's an feat. Un, it's an unappreciated little surprise, right? It's yeah. like it's a. I think it's an impossible feat because I think two thousand one is so seminal. It's there's it's almost like impossible to do a sequel to it that's good, and and they I think they did. Well, I mean, twenty ten's better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so that that's I think it didn't do that well. I'd it say. wasn't as successful as the original. Zoom in. But the Outland only made like eighteen million or something. So it's eighteen not, million in nineteen eighty one is no joke. It's not that. I mean, I wonder how much Blade Runner made a year later. Right? Blade Runner was a failure. Yeah. I mean, how it, much I, did Wishmaster Four make? Oh, what? They said that the reason they didn't go with IO is because people thought it looked like the number ten, or they thought it was pronounced low. That's why they sounds zoom, like sounds like humans. Zoom in real quick. Seventeen million's not bad. I mean, it's not good. I mean, they had to pay Connery to be in that film. That's true. Nineteen eighty-one. I mean, like, it's not in the upper echelon. One thing that that is it has a bad kid actor in this. That his plays his son. <laughs> He's a fucking nightmare. And uh, his wife. They're doing this thing where it's like a teleconference. His wife explaining why she left him, and she puts. Hi, in, Dad. Yeah. I want you to. Hi, love Daddy. Me. The pro. You cannot <clears throat> blame that kid because he studied Jason Connery for those scenes. Yeah, Connery has no connection with his with his. Let me see. So, uh, Blade Runner uh, the next year did thirty two. 
Yeah, and it was considered a huge failure. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that Blade Runner costs more than Outland. Outland only costs twelve million. Blade Runner probably costs certainly costs more than that. Um, All right, great movie though. So anyway, so the bad guys come. There's a scene at the end where the the Connery is trying to dodge them and kill the two bounty hunters that come, and he shoots one guy in this like it looks like a the terrarium part yep, of little black hole reference and he uh shoots him into space but like he destroys all this like vegetation and yeah. plant life to do it it's almost like he doomed the look like he doomed the the food supply yeah it wasn't great um yeah i mean it it might have he might have to save his ass he might have sacrificed his but you know what fuck him they didn't help him and actually there's another bad guy so the two bad guys are dispatched and so Connery thinks he's good, but there, it turns out that old, um, the guy from The Wire, what was the name? Again? Clark Peters. He's also a bad guy. And he 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 comes out to have a fight in space with Connery. Yeah, have a fist fight. In That's space. where I fell asleep a little bit. Yeah. That scene, and then I woke up and he he makes it. Yeah, that guy does too. Um, yeah. Anyway, so the end. <laughs> What I love about this film is that you're thrown into this little world, this little thing, and it's it's I think it's it's just a nice little slice of life. I love the idea of setting non-genre stuff in genre environments. Mm. It's great. Like so so yeah, so you have a a p- procedural set in on a moon, mm-hmm. right? I think you can do more of that shit. Are there any other examples of films that are sort of like that? I'm sure. Um, there, there has to be. There's probably a major one that we're just completely glossing. I mean, there's a book series I read that's that's uh, <clears throat> it's like a detective novel. It said it when the earth the earth is ending. Like there's a comet that comes and the earth is is gonna die. And that there's but this guy is being a detective. He's trying to solve a murder. So that's uh, kind of that's I've read that book. You have. The Last Policeman or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the, it's yeah. first of like yeah. a third part series. I've only read the first one or second. I think I might have done the second one too. But that kind of reminded me of something that's a genre within a, you know, that kind of takes it out of, puts it to mashes two things. Can you together. do a, uh, like a, I don't know, like a. That was more exciting. Like a this. romantic comedy during a fire, during a burning building, or a. Uh, Maybe. Like a an orgy during um, the dinosaurs. I don't know. What can you do? What? So, what about a, a well, like a fantasy film, like let's say a medieval dragons and and warlocks thing, and just having a a story of uh, you know a kid growing up. Uh, here's one thing I will say. What? I'm gonna cut that short because <laughs> I can't come up with anything funny to say. And as usual, um, <clears throat> there is actually a precedent there this there is a subgenre of space western is this the first instance instance of that star wars hmm. is that a space western? west world i guess it kind of is i guess they have guns on yeah i guess han solo is a, certainly a western character what'd you say west world never mind i mean parachute out of this but yeah i was thinking about cowboy bebop and like firefly all those stuff that came after that really did the heavy like space hunter yeah there's a western element to ice that. pirates yeah um 
they're gonna they were gonna do an Outland remake a bunch of years ago, and guess who was gonna direct it? You'll never guess. Somebody good. Somebody great. Director of Shoot 'Em Up. Oh God, I Michael hated that. Davis. Movie. I hated that movie. Um, how did produced that go? by Zoom In. Yes, I know it's produced by Don. Yeah. Murphy. Don Murphy. Zoom in. Mm-hmm. Dick. <laughs> zoom in. Water arm. <laughs> uh, zoom in. Was mad enough to I am me at one point. Zoom Never in. Went. I've hung out with him in the real world. And? He was fine. And his, he has a pretty wife. Still? I don't know if he's still. They're still married? He's still getting paid, though, on Transformers movies. Do you think that Sean Connery, whenever this out, not Sean Connery, but do you think when Outland, uh, 10 years ago, and it was announced that they were going to remake it, do you think Jason Connery was like, hey. Yeah. He's like. Might be the perfect role for he's like the reason, Jason Connery. The reason they're remaking Outland is because of the scintillating central performance he uh, he does not get angry in this film. There's not a lot of acting going on in this. He's just a very uh, serene. Well, and remember, he's handsome. Sort of, presence. Isn't he sort of a dis- not a disgrace, but he's he's sort of they, they down on his luck a bit. They reference the fact that he's a little bit of a a, a fuck up, but that doesn't come across. I mean, he's very capable on the on the ship, and he's very authoritative. Right? He's like. He's Sean Connery on the ship. There's no doubt. He, he, they should never have written him that he's like a fuck up because he doesn't play that. Um, and plus, he's very um, he's in cop mode. Like he has he has no time for these these people getting hurt. Well, it starts off and he's, he's a hero. He, it starts off and he's sort of lazy. He doesn't really. He's not that driven. And and honestly, I think the reason he may have that job is because they expect him to to just go with the flow because it's. Yeah, I think they reference that. I think that he 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 says they they think that Francis Sternhagen think, says that maybe they or maybe he says that maybe they put me on this job because they thought I'd fuck it up. But he he's uh, he's seeking justice, man. There's a different look at this film where maybe he's the bad guy because what's I mean, a few people are dying, mm-hmm. but what's really being hurt here? They're being more productive. They've got a tough gig in isolation on this fucked up moon. Well, I think that the there's other side also of the fucking universe. I think they're annoyed too because I think that the the bad guys have always had an understanding with the the the, the cops there that just let us do this shit, let's let to make money, yeah, and pay the you know. I think uh, you know Connery's like the fly in the ointment a little bit, but um, a lot of it because he basically ends their he destroys a lot of stuff. He blows up a lot of faces. No, he doesn't. He does one later yeah there's one more face blow but i mean it's business as usual i'm I'm assuming business as usual after a while there i think it's back to norm yeah once they replace all those goddamn plants i just i just think it's cool i i remember there was there was a scene where there's there's like all these containers where you were really dosing on that alien vibe yeah that's this that's when the director is there going and there's a scene in it when he's he's like in like the <clears throat> he's talking to Sternhagen in her doctor's office and he's just opening these these very futuristic looking drawers and uh, one after the other as he's talking to her and, and the direction just had to be Connery show off the set <laughs> that's what he is doing 
be sure to show off the set that we work so hard on, Sean Connery. Go stand by, go stand by some of the cool set while I, you deliver I, those I love, lines. Back then, though, they would go all out on these fixtures and all this crazy shit, mm-hmm. and then have monochromatic screens. So all the text is in green, of course, yeah, on yeah, a yeah. black background. It's like if you're gonna throw some money at it, try to make it look futuristic. I mean, you should should all be. It was either that or where they sit and they talk to their computer. That's the other big thing is like mm-hmm. in the early 80s, you know, it's like, mother, tell me what's going on. Well, Connor is he's befuddled by like these communication. He doesn't like uh, these like the 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 the, the f- whatever the what do they call it? The uh, FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's FaceTime. He don't like that. He don't like those kind of messaging services. He he's frustrated by that. Would you if you had that son? He's in fucking space. You think he'd get used to some of that kind of stuff, you know? You know, it's funny, um Connery said he thought it was gonna be an acting stretch for him, this film. Uh huh. And then when he saw the fucked up son, he's like, Oh, I've got plenty of experience. This is this is a walk to the park. <laughs> so uh they did Hyams, you said he walked out the set earlier, but he did walk out the set. Several times in this, mm-hmm. because his it was frustrations with Sean Connery. Um, he said that you didn't touch the lamp enough in that scene. Yeah. You didn't caress the the keyboard, motion to the monitors. Yeah, walk in circles around the room so yeah. he could see the walls. <laughs> he was so pissed at Connery. He's like, "Don't just stand there and deliver your." Lines. While we were watching the movie, I can't tell you how many times you said show show off the set. <laughs> I like, hypnotized you with it to where you fell asleep. But it, it really is. That's what if you watch that movie with that in your mind, that the director is just telling Sean Connery to stand by stuff and say his lines, show off the set, it it works. It's a pretty low energy movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a zoom. He zoomed in. It they, never it never matches the the racquetball sequence. Um, totally. They he Charlotte Connery has short hair in this. <laughs> he zoomed in. <laughs> hey. Oh, little little cat cameo. Oh, yeah. this is honest. This is that's why. It, are you guys talking about? Are you guys talking about um, Outland? He's rubbing with the microphone. Um, we didn't say the writer's name. Written by oh Peter Hy- he Peter oh Peter uh, wrote and directed this. Are bad you kidding? Boy. He wrote it. Mm-hmm. Now, am I not mistaken that he has a son that's a director? Did Who? Abominable? Is it the, is it the same guy? Abominable is kind of an interesting. Movie. I think that's Peter Himes' son that directed that. All right, let me. Just, let me zoom in. He doesn't. Peter Himes. Okay. Okay. Here. Three children, including John Himes. Ooh, getting warm. Career. Filmography. Films. Maniac Cop remake. Oh, I can't wait. Uh. Uh-uh. Did you? He did the Universal Soldier. Day yeah. Reckoning. Dragon Eyes. He didn't do uh, Abominable. Are you sure about that? I'm not sure. I mean, Wikipedia could be wrong. Well, that was somebody's son did Abominable. <laughs> Zoom in. 
that's a, that's a <laughs> not a bomb. He was a son. What's that movie? That horror movie with the guy? Yeah, the guy. In the, it's kind of like Rear Window with a Sasquatch. There's a genre mashup for you. It's abominable. Because I typed abominable movie and there's a cartoon. That's it is called abominable. Just keep that's just keep scrolling down. There you go. 2006. Mac, Matt McCoy from uh, 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 L.A. Confidential. Okay. Lance Henriksen's in there. Who directed it? Ryan Schiff, Schifrin. Lalo Schifrin's son. Who's that? Lalo Schifrin's got the Mission Impossible music. Hmm. Told you it was somebody's son. That's kind of a that's kind of a good movie, right? It's not, yeah, it is. It's, it's not, not bad. bad. What's he doing these days? Ryan Schifrin. You know I can. You know what he's been doing these days? What? being talked about on the movie microscope congratulations <laughs> uh so what would you do if you had a for an outland you know you, you wanted to have a movie tie-in a, a restaurant a theme park what would you do if you had to, to i know a good name for a theme park hmm. for it well outland yeah two words yeah that's good yeah um. So if okay, if it was a restaurant or a theme park, do you have something in, in mind? You're good. I'm not up on your toes. I mean, there's so many moments in the film that you can use as an inspiration. So many like of the different action scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, too many to count. Okay. Are there any? <laughs> Um, I'm thinking of. I guess, is that what you is that yours? I don't have. I, I haven't. I haven't said anything. I know, but is that are you done? It might be. <laughs> you got to come up with something. All right, so this will be an installation that okay. they do, um, in fitness clubs. They add an outland racquetball court. Mm-hmm. Um. And basically what it is is uh, they set it up, the the equipment's in there, and there's a couple of guys playing, and then anybody born after 1990 says, what the fuck are they doing? (laughs) Mine would be, this would be like a good Italian restaurant um, where you, so it's like a Ruth's Chris is it Ruth Chris? Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. You can go in there. Reservation may be a popular place. Um, they see your, your table, and then they bring out a menu of of patio furniture that you can order. There's, they got no food. It's just okay. So you go to a steakhouse, and then they're selling you like outside of furniture because because you're so so used to being uh disappointed it's because it's like with the like result? i said there's like this is set in space but there's nothing <laughs> there's, there's no reason to be yeah so you have like a restaurant but then they don't sell you what you want there okay, okay. that's what i was trying to get to it didn't really get there still brilliant <laughs> smart but like sometimes 
impressed myself. Um, what what would be a better title than Outland? Because the Outland isn't it, it wasn't the original title. Io was, and Io is not that good of a title either. What would you name it? What's a what's a good alternative title for Outland? And hey, you know what they should hey, call it? Podcast listeners, why don't you give us those two? And they call it High Moon. That's amazing. That's the only title. That's incredible. <laughs> High Moon. That's perfect. In fact, why aren't people calling it that as a joke? Because no one knows this movie exists. That's why. <laughs> you want to hear a sad story? Yeah. R.I.P. Blind Melon. High Hoon. Yeah. Got well, too, it's true. Got too high. He did. He's in space now. Zoom. Um, high, high, high Moon. It's perfect. I, that's incredible, actually. <laughs> I can't even follow it. So, uh, where would you be in this whole sh- shenanigan? Would you be that sex club, watching watching the? There was some okay. So, what did you think of that? That this had a very like almost chaste version, like an idea of prostitution on a space station because it was they were in a strip club. There was blue bodies like entangled that was in beams a, of light with smoky sex. Yeah, act. And so and they, they were grinding, but they I'm, weren't. I don't think they it didn't seem like it was new. There was nudity. There might have been a little bit, but I was aroused. Um, that was because Connery was walking around. Um, where would I? What would I do? What What would be my job there? I mean, all you have there are workers, and you have cops. And Peter support Boyle, personnel. huh? Support personnel. I mean, doesn't Burkoff get a hooker? Is that where he gets his whole scene? He's got a hooker, or is he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, he's like Abusing terrifying her. Yeah. yeah, he's like gonna kill her. Yeah. And doesn't that's one of our our quintessential, one of the best Connery in a crawl space scenes. I mean, he's is that the best Connery air duct sequence? Man, I'm not willing to commit. Okay. I mean, you have to let me think through it. Okay. Does he? Does he get? Does he ever crawl? Does he ever crawl on movies? He does. Untouchables. He gets he shot crawls. and crawls. Yeah, this is the last thing he does, actually. Mm-hmm. And he was actually. And then he scrawls. He does. <laughs> he crawls and scrawls. He scrawls. That was yeah. the original title. <laughs> but he in the deleted and the and the the, the uh, he because he's proud of the Untouchables and they they were they interviewed they said what it was his inspiration he said he he used some of his crawling like experience from Outland yeah for this um. I believe it. I'm sure he crawled in one of the Bond films. You th- I don't. Do they have Bond crawling in any of the movies? Yeah, I think so. Does Bond crawl? That's something we could put to to our listeners. Does Bond ever crawl in any of the films? I don't think he does. Damn. I think crawling is like, it, I, and maybe I'm wrong, but crawling can be considered like kind of weak, and they never want Bond to look weak. You know. I don't even think goddamn money penny crawls in those films. Um, we need to go. There's a podcast, Crawling Bond. Uh, let's see what, what they. We should like we could start Done like plenty of pub crawls. <laughs> I think that. I mean, we've had some success with this podcast. I mean, yeah. Let me zoom in. Lots of comments. And uh, but you know, I think we could. I think it's enough of a demand now where we could start a second podcast and we could watch all the Bond movies. <laughs> And determine if just, he ever crawls. I think we should just do it. Uh, every episode is crawling in cinema. 
Let's just start with the Bond. It could, yeah. The podcast title could be, Does Bond Crawl in This One? <laughs> and just start from the beginning. Yeah. And then it could just be short. <laughs> or no, we could have we could have like a live watch and just watch it and just be sitting there. Nope, still not crawling. Still just, you know, playing cards and fucking. Oh, he crawled out of bed. That's the thing is that Bay doesn't even crawl out God of bed. Damn it, Bond, you're so fucking sweet. I don't think Bond. I don't think Bond ever gets out of bed weak, or maybe they never show him get out of bed. He's always like already out of bed, like with a towel around his waist. He didn't have time to chill in bed, does he? Does Bond, does Bond crawl on this one? Does he crawl on the moon in Moonraker? I don't think he does. Shit. He cr- doesn't he crawl out of the water in uh um he has that love scene on the beach there. And with Ursula Andress or whatever, isn't there some crawling on the on the beach? You mean like uh, rolling around? Yeah, it's not crawling. God damn it! Rolling it's around so is different. Rolling around is. As a matter of fact, the director's like I think it was Guy Guy Hamilton or whatever directing that. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, uh, cut. You crawled. <laughs> There's a little bit of crawling there, Sean. When you're when you're getting up on the beach, those are crawl prints behind you. <laughs> Guy on the set, they did have that credit uh, after after key grip, making sure Connery doesn't crawl. Guy, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, C- "Can you get your son Jason to do this? He's not qualified. He can't. He's not good enough for that." <laughs> See, does does Bond ever crawl in films? I just i I put some money on it. Money, he, penny. I think he doesn't. What would you say? You think he has to at some point? Uh, yeah, he definitely <laughs> crawls in a Bond film. There's so many. There's probably a. There's a lot of lurking, so you think he would, but I just don't, I can't picture him on all fours crawling. Well, but the bad guy gets the upper hand on Bond in nearly every film, mm-hmm. and he's got to get out off that set before yeah. shit blows up. There's got to be a moment of crawling, like around. crawling through like a pipe or something, or crawling out of through debris. Or maybe there's shit up above. He's crawling underneath the lasers. Does he crawl underneath lasers? Can't think. There's got to be some sort of a grid of lasers he needs to crawl under at some point. Is there a grid of lasers in Bond? I mean, I know there's lasers. Is there a grid of them? There was an entrapment with him. Not talking about. Yeah. that's 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 a pretty interesting question. Was he in that movie with the guy with the glaive? Uh, that's crawl. She's been in some shit. She was in plenty of horror stuff. So she was in like, I mean, just stuff that you can't name, but just like, but she was, she was a name for a while from the eighties. Like she was in stuff like that. And she was in, she might've been in dragon slayer too. Maybe. Yeah. She got a great name. British. I think you don't hear too many Lizettes. I work with one. You do. Mm -hmm. It's a good name. Don't you feel stupid? Um, and so we did the. Oh, what would you take? We didn't do Desert Island for. Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't do Desert Island for uh, 
the last movie either. Nope. We could do it on this one. Yeah, I can add it. All right, Desert Island. All right, hold on a second. Lizette Anthony. Honest, quit yelling at me. Just a quick, this is what people come for. She acted a lot. Jesus Christ. She's still acting? Gotta be. She's produced films. I don't even know how to say her, spell her name. Kroll? She's a cutie. Had a rough go. She was in a Brian Adams video. <laughs> oh, I like her name. Oh, yeah. She had a shit life. She's not. She's not that much older than us. Sixty-three. Her career is not good. Okay, so we're okay, so yeah, an artifact to take from Outland. Mm-hmm. Oof, that's tough. Could be like a a slightly saliva encrusted racquetball. <laughs> That'd come in handy on the island, right? Uh, you know, another thing they have in this movie is they have like saloon doors on like uh, on the spaceship. Do you notice that? I don't. They have like kind of saloon type spacey doors. Not, I mean, spaceship doors. It's weird. What form does the drug they take take? Is it a pill? Is it an injection? I forgot. I don't know if they show it. It's a vial of something. Okay. Yeah, I think. I think they must shoot it up. You take that? No. You probably take one of those... You probably take the head before, like, as it's blown up, before it blows up, right? Like a the balloonish. What is Sean Connery's weapon? He's got a shotgun. He got a shotgun. Yeah. At one point, he gets shot. I think shot Connery does. I think he does get shot <laughs> yeah. in this. He gets shot in a lot of movies, though. Does he? Yeah. Doesn't crawl very much. I don't know what I'd take in this. I would, you know what I would take? I guess uh, on I would take a the, the the helmet of the spacesuit. You wouldn't need this a whole spacesuit because it would get hot. But I think it would be handy. Th- those things light up. They, they you know the, the alien light up and it has like the Christmas lights yeah. inside the visor. Yeah, that's handy. I'm you know what it that's is. It's a cool look too. It's yeah. an aquarium. Turn it upside down. You got an aquarium on your island. Right. That's true. I love the I love the way those helmets look uh, with the Christmas. I think I mentioned it during when we were watching it. It's like. That must have been an, a, an engineering feat to do that because we didn't have LED lights, you know, little strips yeah. that we can easily. So there had to be a power source. Those things had to be fucking nuts. Had to be hot in there. Hot as fucking. Yeah. Connery burn his little cheek. Yeah. Is Connery ever burn his cheek in movies? Has <laughs> he ever burnt cheek in any of his films? <laughs> do you remember? Yes. Good yeah. enough for me. What about you? What would you take? I think I would take. Uh, Peter Boyle's hat. It's a good hat. Yeah, they had they did kind of have the alien like design like they had like patches on just like the like the Nostromo. Oh, you mean like the, like the like the military and like no, but this looked like an, this isn't this looked like a riff on Alien. You don't don't no, it it totally did. Don't even you weirdo, strange man. Alien, I mean, Alien was just fresh off off the boat. This movie is a response it is made to look like alien period that they did it on purpose it's in the wikipedia they were fucking rolling around uh, in alien can i zoom in walter hill 
his pitch for Alien was, let's do Outland with a Xenomorph. Makes more sense than this. <laughs> Add a little flavor, a little spice. I, I w- they should, like, maybe at least have a little cameo by, like, a little alien cutie in there, you know? <laughs> it don't have to be violent. It could just be, like, a little... He could be. It could just have like Sean Connery could have like a, a pet cat and has like nine legs or something, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a space cat. That, that could be the one thing. That that is like an alien in this because there's nothing. Man. No, no. Aura. Here's 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 the alien homage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he's got like a little like a little motion tracker. Right. Doot, doot, mm-hmm. doot. Something's coming towards him. Doot. Dude, that's more aliens, though, right? And then it shows up, and it's James B. sticking with the racquetball equipment. <laughs> Fancy a game? <laughs> Killed it. Yeah. I wish I wish we lived in an outland. Too much homophobia. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Nice. Killed it. Uh, truth, by the way. And it was just Pride Week, right? So yeah, that's, I like that. So what else? Um, they should have released Lion King on Pride Week. Why? Oh God! <laughs> it's late. <laughs> it's late. 